Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to Off the Bench. Today is Monday, February 22nd. Today is Mailbox Monday, and I'm going to go a little bit long today trying to get some of your questions. They are piling up, and you guys have some really great questions. We're going to talk about a variety of things today. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I'm glad you guys are joining me today at my little corner of the internet here at the intersection of faith and culture. You guys will be praying for us. We are at Focus on the Family today, recording an interview with them, talking about my book, Becoming Mom Strong, How to Fight with All That's in You for Your Family and Your Faith. And we got a whole bunch of things coming up. Jay and I are kind of in the throes of some pretty big things, which you guys will, I'm sure, hear about in the weeks to come. But wanted to let you know that we do appreciate your prayers and your continuing support for the podcast. Speaking of support for the podcast, want to give a quick donor shout out to Mallory from Clayton, North Carolina, Philip from McGregor, Texas, and Betsy from California. You guys, thank you so much for supporting this ministry, for loving us so well, and for really just walking alongside of us in the way that you do. We really appreciate that so much. I'm going to jump right in today and start answering your questions. Uh, because I haven't been able to do it for a couple of weeks. If I have a great guest on Friday, I will usually bleed that over to Monday. So that's been happening a lot lately. And I want to get to your questions. First of all, I want to remind you, if you have a question you would like to see addressed here, we don't guarantee that everybody's questions are going to be answered because there are literally thousands of them in there. But if you will send it to me, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday, we will do everything we can to make sure that we answer your question or one that's similar to it on the podcast. You can also leave me a voicemail at anchor.fm forward slash Heidi St. John forward slash message. And we really want you guys to do that. I love those voicemails. Thank you so much for doing that. All right, let's just jump right in. The first question, and there's a lot of them today, so I'm going to go a little bit longer. So if you got like dishes to wash or laundry to fold or something like that, or maybe just take an extra long shower, this might be the day for you. First one comes from Katie in Wisconsin. Hi, Heidi. My husband and I lost a baby in November due to an ectopic pregnancy. We recently found out that I'm pregnant again. We were excited but very nervous about this pregnancy because it's so soon after the loss and we still have some trauma from the whole experience. I feel like we didn't fully get to grieve the baby we lost. In a way, I almost feel guilty about wanting this baby and being happy about it. I'm also scared that we're going to lose this baby too. Do you have any advice for me about this? Is it okay to be happy about being pregnant again? First of all, this hits near and dear to my heart. I suffered a miscarriage between our third and our fourth births, and it was a very painful time for my husband and myself. But the Bible tells an extraordinary story of God's watching his only son die on the cross. God is well acquainted with the sorrow of losing a child, and he's near to those who are brokenhearted. And I felt his nearness when I suffered a miscarriage after our third child was born. You guys, my heart ached. I remember it like it was yesterday. I waited to hear our baby's heartbeat uh, just one more time. I remember just laying there and we went in just thinking everything was fine, but they couldn't find a heartbeat. And we soon learned that our baby had died and it took some time together. And Jay and I grieved the loss of our baby, but you guys, the pain 
of the miscarriage is real, but the healing power of Jesus is just as real as that pain. And as our family grieved the loss, the nearness of God became very real to me, more probably than it had ever been before. And I think this is the heart of God. He weeps when we weep. And the Bible says, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And it's okay to grieve the loss, obviously, of of a baby, particularly through stillbirth or through miscarriage, such a painful experience. But it's not wrong to be joyful about having another baby. This is the adversary. When the adversary comes in and he says, you know, you, you know I'm going to steal your joy from you. He's the joy stealer. He really, he, he really is. He doesn't want you to be happy. Life comes from the Lord. It is a gift from God. The Bible says the children are a gift from the Lord. And what do we do when someone gives us a gift? We say, thank you. We are uh, joyful over it. We rejoice over it. And so it's all right. I think you're, you're in this weird spot. And I remember this uh, myself. Uh, we didn't have an ectopic pregnancy, but I remember thinking after we found out that we were pregnant again and just looking at my husband and saying, I don't even feel like I can make an announcement. I'm worried that I'm going to lose this baby. And Jay was so wise, I think, in the way that he ministered to my heart during that time and realizing how fearful I was because he just said, you know, Heidi, I'm not going to let the enemy steal our joy from us. And even if we lose another baby, the joy is still real because that is another soul, another human being that has been made in the image of God. And I believe that we're going to see that baby in heaven someday. And so I would just encourage you, Katie, to just rest in the blessing that God has given you another baby. It's all right. Grieve the one that you've lost, but embrace the joy. I wouldn't even feel remotely guilty about being happy about being pregnant again. So congratulations to you guys. I never try to talk people out of having babies. The best thing that my husband and I ever did was fill our quiver with the seven beautiful babies that God gave us. And the one that we're going to see someday, I believe, be reunited with in heaven. So I think babies are exactly what God says. They are gift from the Lord. And I just would encourage you to embrace the season and to lean into the love that God has for you in this time because it's important. All right. We've got one mama who's expecting and another mama on the other side of it. And she said, Heidi, I'm 39 years old and not showing any signs of menopause, but I'm wondering if you can give some essential oil recommendations as well as resources on how to enter menopause gracefully. Well, let me tell you, you're 39. So hopefully you've got still a few more years. Most of you guys know because I wrote about this in Becoming Mom Strong, and I've also blogged about it. I ended up having to have a hysterectomy after our seventh baby was born. It was a painful season in our life because not that we wanted more babies necessarily. I was 41 when when our last baby was born, but just the idea that the season itself was over, that was very hard on me. And I remember just leaning in again to my husband and just grieving this, you know, um, feeling like, oh, life's going to pass me by and pretty soon I'm going to be in menopause and blah, blah, blah. You guys hear all the bad things about menopause. Well, then I had to have hysterectomy, which really threw my body into an early menopause, which is kind of a drag. I know there's a bunch of guys listening. So sorry, guys. Uh, it's just, it's my life. It's just what it is, right? So we began kind of this journey, I guess, if you want to call it, using essential oils to sort of help ease some of those symptoms. And I got to tell you, I am a huge, uh, 
a huge believer in essential oils. You guys have heard me. I have talked about this. Obviously, I'm not trying to give you medical advice, but I can tell you what has worked for me. And there's a couple of oils that I definitely keep on hand and online. One of them is called Lady Sclerol. You guys, I love this one. It's a young living blend. Uh, I, I think that menopause really is kind of a milestone moment, right? So it, there's a lot of things that it means for women. A lot of people say, well, this is just the decline in your fertility. Yes, it is all those things. But can I just tell you right now, can I just tell you, I don't think it's as bad as everybody said it was going to be. I was worried to death about it. I thought this is going to be, I'm not going to be attractive anymore. My hair is going to fall out. And you guys, listen, there's lots of things that you can do to enter this season of your life with grace and just be grateful. I feel so thankful to the Lord that he's allowed me to live this many years because I'm in my fifties now. I feel so thankful to the Lord and I'm thankful that he's given us things like essential oils to kind of help us as we move through these different transitions in our lives. So that was a blend from Young Living that I really like. I'll give you a couple. Clary Sage is one of my favorites. This is really great, particularly to help you with hot flashes. If you've never experienced those yet, they're coming. Uh, Super fun. People think that Clary Sage helps slow down the development of osteoporosis. And I think a lot of women who use Clary Sage, we've definitely used it during labor. I did. I've done that with my daughter as well. You guys look it up. Look at all the things that Clary Sage is good for, particularly when it relates to hormones and women. Peppermint oil, obviously, uh, can help with hot flashes. You know, I would put like a couple of drops on a tissue and hold it up to my nose and kind of breathe it in. Lavender, hello. A lot of people use this to help assist their body in balancing hormones. It's great for a lot of things. And geranium, that was another one. I heard about this from another friend of mine who went through menopause in a similar way to me. And she was like, listen, Heidi, you know, one or two drops, just put it on a napkin and inhale it. And this, it's wonderful for stress relief. It's wonderful to help with dry skin. It's just an amazing oil that will really assist your body and the systems of your body as you work through changes in hormones. So you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash oils. I've been talking about essential oils for a long time. Essential oils are what helped me get off of almost a 30-year dependency that I had on anti-anxiety medications. And so I'm a huge believer. I just think that God gave us these things to help us and it's worth looking into. And so if you haven't looked into it yet, definitely check it out. If you search for Heidi St. John, essential oils, lots of different things will come up. I've done podcasts on it. We've done classes on it here and uh, I'm a huge fan. So check those out, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash oils. You guys are asking really good questions. All right. Thank you for asking them. Next one comes from a listener in Illinois. Heidi, I homeschooled my children for 20 years and now my daughter is pregnant and her husband thinks that she should put her baby in daycare and keep working. It's what his mom did and he says he turned out okay. What should my daughter say to this? It breaks my heart. I stayed home with my kids until they were grown. Okay, mama, you and I are gonna have a little heart to heart. Your daughter is married and the decisions that she makes with her husband some of them you're not going to agree with. I agree with you, obviously. I wouldn't put my kid in daycare if, unless my life literally was dependent on it or their life was dependent on it. I have 100,000 reasons why I wouldn't put my kids in daycare and even more reasons why I would homeschool them. But your job in this particular relationship is not to be that mother-in-law. 
All right. Your job is to pray for your son-in-law and to pray for his wife, who is your daughter. Your job is not to meddle in their marriage. And I think the temptation is for us to say, well, I did it this way. You can give your daughter, I mean, if she's open to your counsel, which this is why we want to have good relationships with our kids, right? I'm still having really good, impactful relationships with my adult kids, and especially the ones who are married. We want to have input into their lives, but be very, very careful that you, you're you not seen as trying to drive a wedge between your daughter and her husband. And so I have learned over the years that it's so much better for me to take a back seat to encourage my daughter and her husband and my son and his wife in whichever way that I possibly can. And I'm available at any time if they want to ask me questions, if they want my input, if they want my counsel. And if they don't, my job is prayer. All right. And so just keep praying because I promise you that God loves that little baby that's on the way even more than you do. And the Lord is going to do something. And so keep praying, but be very, very careful. I think it's easy for us, especially as moms who homeschooled our kids or especially moms who stay home with our kids. Um, sometimes it can be hard to let them go and let them make their own decisions. And this is very important, particularly when it comes to their decisions that they make for their own children. All right. So hang in there, mom. I hear you, but just keep praying. Next one comes from Carrie in Washington state. She says, Heidi, I appreciate your podcast so much and I'm grateful for your courage and wisdom. My question is, how do I have time to myself without feeling guilty? I have four young children, six and under, including a five-month-old. I have homeschooled, no family around to help me. I just moved to another city, so I'm away from my friends. I feel like I'm drowning because I'm never away from my children, but I feel guilty for needing a break. I love my family. It wouldn't change my life, but I feel like if I don't have some time to myself, I'm going to lose my mind and be a terrible mother. Okay, so Carrie, I understand. Moment of silence. It's rough, right? You've got four young children, six and under. This is why people write books about motherhood. So what you're saying is completely normal. Lots and lots of moms feel that way. Mothers are so easy to guilt. We are guilt magnets, right? I used to remember I saw my best friend gave me a notepad and it said, stop the train. I haven't packed my bags and get on your guilt trip. You know, I want to encourage you away from feeling guilty because you need time for yourself. And if this was me and it has been before, the first thing I'd be doing is having a conversation with my husband. Is there any way we can put the kids to bed earlier in the evening? Uh, any way that you guys can go to bed early in the evening, mama, so that you can get up in the morning and have some time to yourself, time to exercise, time to read your Bible, time to make a phone call, anything that you can do to sort of nurture your spirit, but do not feel guilty for needing a break. The break is necessary. And the last thing you want to do is feel like you're drowning, right? Because you don't have a break from your kids, because obviously that's going to affect your relationship with your children. And so I would just encourage you, if you haven't already, find your people. Find your people. My friend Nancy is going to actually going to come on the show with me tomorrow. And that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow is how to find your people, the importance of living in relationship with other people because we need each other. And then ask the Lord to help you because he really will. He will give you help so that you will know when exactly you can carve out some time for yourself, which really is so important. And don't forget to lean into the into your husband and talk to him about what's going on too. And maybe the two of you together can come up with some solutions 
questions so that you don't feel so overwhelmed. Uh, I appreciate that question. Next one comes from Brooke in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. She's homeschooling some little ones. She says, hey, Heidi, thanks for shedding some light on the state of our school system. Even though I live in an area where most people would move in order to get into the, quote, good schools, I just made the decision to bring my three-year-old home from an amazing public charter Montessori school. I'm going to homeschool both her and my one-year-old daughter. Can you share some tips on how two toddlers can be engaged at the same time? It seems near impossible. So, Brooke, I'm going to do the same thing for you (laughs) that I just did for Carrie and give you a moment of silence. Because you need it. You need a moment of silence with two little ones. Listen, the first thing I'm going to encourage you away from is trying to school your three-year-old. So there's a lot of people talking about homeschooling right now. We're such overachievers, aren't we? Even for our little ones, we're going to get our kids into the best schools and the best Montessori schools and do this and that other thing. And really, your three-year-old just wants to sit on your lap and read a Dr. Seuss book with you. Your three-year-old wants you to pour rice into a cookie sheet, onto a cookie sheet, and trace the letters of the alphabet. Your three-year-old wants you to pour her an extension bubble bath and just relish in the bubbles that are sitting in her bathtub. So I would encourage you right now not to set the bar so high that you can't attain it or that it's going to make your life stressful to do that. Because there's going to come a time when your children are definitely going to need to be schooled. They're going to need to be educated by you. And there are so many different ways to do that right now. When it comes to entertaining both kids at the same time, you're right, it is near impossible. And what I did for myself, and you guys, I wrote about this. I wrote a book years ago called The Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Daylight, How to Fit Your Size 16 Day into a Size 10. And I talked about different schedules, things that you can do with little ones. It's probably more important when they're little that you establish a good routine. Children need routine. And if you have a routine for them, they're going to settle in a whole lot easier and you're going to be able to get more done. And they're going to realize that you're the boss, Applesauce. So you make the schedule, come up with things that you know they like to do. Maybe you set aside 20 minutes here for reading and maybe from two o'clock to 2.30, you say, you know, mama's going to pull out the um, the bin of blocks from this time, but you've got a plan in your head. And I think this is part of the culture, right? The culture has said, oh, motherhood, you got little kids at home. You guys, this requires planning. It requires thought. It requires it requires intentionality. And so make up a schedule. Think about things that your kids like to do. Maybe from 9 to uh, 9.30 in the morning is breakfast time. And maybe they have a bath before or after breakfast. And maybe after that, you're reading to them for a little bit. Then maybe your one-year-old has a nap and you spend a little bit of time. Maybe you get Play-Doh out or something sensory for your three-year-old. But make yourself a schedule. I The reason I wrote The Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Daylight is because I am a firm believer in schedules, particularly when children are little. So check that out. You're in, these are what I call the wonder years. Some of my favorite, favorite, favorite years ever is when the kids are little. And so I'm going to encourage you to enjoy them. Next question comes from Olivia in Indiana. Heidi, I go to a Christian college in Northern Indiana that has decided to take the route of if you don't wear a mask, you're not a good Christian. Nice. Uh, They have very strict mask and quarantine policies, and there are punishments for not social distancing or mask wearing. I only have a year left, and so I don't want to transfer, but how should I handle this season wanting to stand up for truth, but having the knowledge of if I don't wear a mask or social distance, I'll get kicked out of my college. First of all, Olivia, we have lost our ever-loving minds in this country, and so can I just be angry on your behalf? They're going to punish you if you don't social distance. Do we not know what college is for? 
for goodness sake, making friends and hanging out late at night and bonfires out on the beach and all the things that I did when I was in college. Uh, I'm really glad I didn't go to college in the Rona. So you've only got a year left. If you are a freshman, I'd say get the heck out of that college and go to a different college. But you're right. You've only got a year left. And so if it was me, I'd be writing letters like crazy. I would probably be talking to everybody I could talk to you. The CDC is basically a vaccine company. Hello. I'm not here to talk about the vaccine today, but I'll tell you what, you guys, Heidi St. John is not going to be getting an experimental vaccine of which the vaccine company has absolutely no liability at all. And it sounds to me like you're going to a woke university. So you didn't say where you were going, but I would assume they think they're pretty woke. You got to let me know how they feel about Black Lives Matter and how they feel about critical race theory and how they feel about the 1619 Project, because this goes right along with everything else. We are not thinking for ourselves. So you're going to have to just suck it up, Buttercup, right? To finish off, Olivia, I think you're right because you've got that one year left. And I'd be working that year as respectfully as you can, but as hard as you can to educate people about why what they're doing in that university is not correct. And uh, my heart goes out to you. It's amazing what we're living through right now. But I, I believe, you know, hope springs eternal in Heidi St. John for what's happening in the world around us because I believe that the Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Wisdom comes from the Lord. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask it from the Lord who gives it generously to all and without reproach. And the, and the Bible says he'll give you wisdom. So Olivia, go before the Lord. Ask the Lord to surround you with people who are like-minded, who can help you in this endeavor. And then let me know how it goes. I will be very interested to hear. Uh, this one came in from Deborah in Comstock. Heidi, I would like to send a book called Gay Girl, Good God by Jackie Hill Perry to my niece who is in the lesbian relationship. The problem is that we do not have a close relationship and I fear it will not be received well. Okay, and I'm gonna stop right there. If you don't have a close relationship with her, I, I just wouldn't do it. I would find somebody who does have a good relationship with her and say, hey, have you ever read this book? Obviously, it's, it's either going to be a family member or maybe you guys have a mutual friend, but find someone who is close to her, who loves her, who shares your belief that what God says about human sexuality is actually true and right and good. This is why relationships are so important. This is why we want to maintain relationships with our children. This is why we never, never, never want to push a child away because they have a differing opinion. We want to tell them our opinion and we want to base it on the word of God, but we want to treasure and nurture those relationships. And so Deborah, I would say that you, if you're not in a place by your own admission where she would be able to hear what you say without doing damage to the relationship. I think I wouldn't do it. I would commit it to prayer and ask the Lord to show you either a way that you can interact with her or a way that you can help get that book to her through someone else who does have a really good relationship with her. I so appreciate your heart and I love that you want to minister to her. And I I think sometimes we forget that prayer is a very, very powerful weapon. I could sit here for hours and hours and hours and tell you guys story upon story upon story of people that I have talked to that have experienced the power of prayer in their lives, miraculously so, miraculous conversions, all manner of things. And so um, that would be my counsel to you right now. So I know a lot of you are writing in sort of similar things. Another mom, same idea. She said, what advice can you give on a relationship between my sister who has recently come out as bisexual and our young children, ages four, one, and currently pregnant? How do I maintain a relationship while holding boundaries and our beliefs? This is different to me. If my sister had come out that way, I would be limiting the amount of time that my young children spend around that person. The Bible teaches us 
that bad company corrupts good character. The Bible teaches us that we are supposed to be very careful about who our children hang out with because their minds are very impressionable, especially when they're younger and they don't know the word of God. If my children were older and I knew that they knew the word, that's different. But when you're talking about a four and a one-year-old, I would be limiting as much as I could, not in a rude or a mean way, but your primary responsibility is to protect the hearts and minds of your own children. And that doesn't mean that you're unkind to your sister. If anything, I mean, I think it's it's opportunity for you to relate with her and love her, but you need to protect your own children. And so I promise you, and I've, as I've seen this play out in the lives of many people that I have interacted with and ministered to over the last probably 15 years, these are very tender topics. We want to handle them tenderly and with care, but you must not sacrifice the truth on the altar of mercy. And so that means that you recognize that your primary mission here is to protect your own children first and to guard their hearts. That is your job right now. Last question today came from Courtney in Oregon. Heidi, every year I look forward to the IF gathering, but after 2020, I'm really worried about the social gospel that has infiltrated the event. Any tips to prepare myself for this year's event? Okay. So you guys aren't pulling any punches. So if I knew that an event was going to, was already infiltrated by the social gospel, I wouldn't go. And so I don't know how to tell you to prepare for an event that you knew that that you were going to encounter that because I think, and you guys have heard me talk about this, I think that anytime you put a word in front of the gospel, like social, something's wrong. You shouldn't have to add a word to the gospel, right? So when we talk about social gospel, that's not no longer the gospel. And so that makes me nervous. If it was any event, I don't care if it's if, I don't care if it's women of faith, I don't care what it is. Uh, if I know that that event has been infiltrated either in their message or in their leadership by a message that I know is doing harm to the actual gospel, I would not go to that event. And so I don't know how to tell you to prepare because I wouldn't prepare. I just wouldn't go. So that's it, Courtney. You guys are asking really good questions. Please keep them coming. We so appreciate listening to you and hearing your heart. Thank you so much for writing into us. And if you want your question answered, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Please keep them short and sweet and to the point. We love you guys. I want to remind you really quickly before I go that this weekend I will be in Virginia. And so you guys can come on out and hear that event. I'll be speaking in a barn. All right, you guys, I'm so excited. So you can come out to the Glasgow Family Barn, the church there, and I'll be speaking, doing a parenting event. Also, I want to remind you to get your book, Becoming Mom Strong: How to Fight with All That's in You for Your Family and Your Faith, so that you can go through it with me with the women of Mom Strong International in March and April. All right, we love you guys. Thank you so much for leaving reviews for the podcast and sharing it. You guys know that my social media has been effectively shadow banned. And so I, I depend on this podcast and I'm asking the Lord to help use it to get the word out about what it means to walk faithfully and to rightly divide God's word. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you back here tomorrow with my friend Nancy Manos at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.